1: So the show that follows an epic Super Bowl, a pretty damn good state versus the U game, and that will feature one and potentially two special guests, which we very rarely have, but this is a special episode. It must start with one pressing question, because there are a lot of things to ask and talk about from over the weekend. But the one that I have the most for Matt Effing Zimmer is... So how interested are you in this cocaine bear movie? <laughs> well, by the way, you don't have to hold that microphone. That's Jen's microphone. You can talk into your headset. Oh. And I just good. I just I just revealed. I we were going to have a special reveal and now I've just admitted and way uh to go, Yeah, John. there she is. You might God. as well, yeah. Yeah, no build up. There Rue she is, Jen. I'm not Matt. used to you being that
2: prepared. Matt's John. fiance yeah.
1: Jen is back. Well, yes, I know. You by the way, you said they <laughs> You were prophetic in what you told Jen. She didn't come here with you because apparently she's busier than you and has to leave sooner. But Yeah, I'm not she, busy or anything, John. She, she, didn't, she didn't come here with you. And what, what did you tell her? Tell the audience uh, what you told her about, about
2: when to get here. I said, you'll be five minutes late. You'll spend 15 to 20 minutes trying to get your computer and other <laughs> stuff ready, and we'll probably not start taping till 1.30. You arrived at 1.06, <laughs> and we have started taping at 1.30 exactly. Yep, here John, we are. Why do
3: you give him opportunities to point out that he was right? It just—it's not—it's not good for anybody. Because
1: it's fun. Because it's fun. Cause because I'm not all about you me and need and my reputation. I'm all about a fun show, and uh, I I I can be the foil or whatever, the whipping boy. I don't mind. Um, by the way. We, we, it would have started maybe perhaps at 128 had somebody not spilled his beer, and this time it wasn't me. so
2: I made a pretty good save. I still have the whole beer right You here. did. I,
1: I spilled my whole <laughs> Tito's in water a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you just you know Poor knocked yours over. and yeah uh, No, cocaine beer, how does that sound to you? I, I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it in the theater. I, wa- I, I, I didn't take the bait on snakes on a plane, which, uh, as Mike Hendrickson, our good friend, said was the greatest movie title in the history of movies. Because it left you no doubt what you were going to go see, and uh, apparently, Cocaine Bear is the same thing. And while I'm not the biggest action or horror movie, I don't think it's a horror movie, but you know, I I'm kind of I'm kind of hooked, and I kind of feel like it's something you got to see in a theater. You want to go? You want to go to Cocaine Bear? Not really.
2: Oh, okay, Why I can probably wait till it's out on. Netflix or whatever.
3: Jen, cocaine bear? I'm not a movie person at all, John. At I can't, all? I can't sit still. You're not a
2: mo- oh, you,
1: you were just
3: at the basketball game with me the other week. Could I see? Could I even sit still there? You saw. Come on. <laughs> sit no. still?
1: You couldn't sit still? You couldn't st- stand still? Nothing. When I'm we watch movies,
2: When we watch movies together, we have to do a lot of rewinding because <laughs> Jen is either talking or not paying attention. Yes. Movies aren't
3: for me, okay? It's
2: I wasn't criticizing. Gilbert and same. I have to do the same thing, uh, but
1: it's because I can't hear anything. Well, yeah, yeah. I have that problem myself. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So...
3: We're, okay. old, we're
1: deaf. By yeah. the way, Jen would get along well with Craig Matic. He doesn't like movies either. You're the only other person I've met who's like, really not into movies. It's
3: really, it's an unpopular opinion, but you know what? I'm sticking with it. It's what who the, I am, okay?
1: What, I, besides the ADD, what's the problem? It's just that I, it's, seriously, that's <laughs> all it
3: is. That's it. I can't sit still, and I don't like having stories told to me in that format. Like, I don't, it doesn't work for my brain. Did you not. ever
1: meet the beloved Craig? You probably haven't met Craig, have you? I he, don't believe so. He's a co host, right? On the he's show. the guy I did a show with for a collective seven years, uh, Daily Radio. Well, uh, you, know, my, you ever
3: want somebody to not go to a movie with?
1: My my working uh, husband and uh, he, uh, but he didn't like movies because they just weren't. He didn't find them interesting.
3: Oh, it's the medium <laughs> he, found for them, me. he
1: found them formulaic and uh, boring. Because formulaic would be a highbrow word, sit and I love going through a Craig. movie
3: if I like really want to. Like we just watched what was it? Uh, she said the other weekend. Like because mm-hmm. I really wanted to see that fantastic movie, but like she said, uh, it's the journalism, the New York Times movie, the Jodie Cantor, Megan Toei uh, film adaptation of the Harvey Weinstein story. Okay. Fantastic film, but that like I still had to get a pace during it. Like I still had to. Like I just don't. Not. It's not. It's not for me. I got to go to the bathroom once or twice. Got to do that too. Gotta I just I, have. To, I can't sit still. I'm
1: not uh, good movie theaters because it's gonna once or twice. There's gonna be a bathroom break. So not he said she said. No, it's Ke- called she said. Did you see he said she said with Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth Perkins?
3: I don't believe uh, so.
1: Did you, Matt?
2: I've seen that
3: movie. Yeah, is yeah. that uh, movie like old.
2: Yes.
1: Well, yeah, it's like 30 years it came old. Came out
2: when you were three. <laughs>
1: Look it up. We don't need to dive into it. I don't need it. to. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, it is a special edition because not very many editions are special. But uh, Jen is here. That, for one, makes it special. Hope to uh, get a drop by from uh, Jackson, the uh, manager here at the Gateway Lounge, because he actually went to the Super Bowl. And it looks like he will be here. So that's good. He texted me. It's so it's I, I here. Matt and I last week talked about how the Super Bowl is on neither of our bucket lists. We are not uh, engrossed or enamored with uh, ever making that trip and ever going to that game, but perhaps even if we, Janet
3: Jackson was the halftime act again, uh, I mean she won't be for reasons, but you know,
1: beyond her control. Oh, I think. Oh, I think everybody loves a comeback story, and actually, she's about to go on tour. And uh, would it surprise me if the NFL brought her back? Like, I think next year will be the 20-year anniversary of Ooh. Nipplegate. So there I you think, go. Uh, They'll do it for money. For money, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't I, know. I think. Uh, I think. You know. I mean, because remember how. And I didn't want to talk about the halftime show first, but what the hell. Yes, you did. Uh, I didn't. Uh, remember how after Nipplegate, the next, like, five performers at the Super Bowl were all 70-year-old like white Boy-y. rock and the Who, roll right. They are like, oh, no, yeah. a like woman. Some of the best yeah. rock and roll musicians of all time. Let's play it safe, America. Let's have Mick Jagger strut his ribs on stage. And, uh, yeah, and then mm-hmm. Tom Petty looks like death. They were great. Uh, the Who was a little, like, whoa. You should have retired years ago, but yeah. uh, you know. But but then we get, we circled back to uh, the the recent hip hop acts lately with uh, Lady Gaga and Katy Perry, etc. But okay, fine, it's out of the bag. What'd you think of Rihanna? Y- you I go ahead. That was
3: fine. I wasn't. I mean, I'm not Fi- an overly esti- invested in Super Bowl shenanigans things that much. Um, I
1: fine, take it or leave it. Fine would be my word to
2: describe it. Matt, I didn't even watch it. Oh wow! Didn't. Like you refused? No, no. I had not, I've, you I've, were in the
3: room where it had like it was yeah. Odd, I was just like on my. Phone, it was it was pretty you know? forgettableish. Like yeah. The only I was thing thinking the was same really thing. Everyone else was like Is she yeah. pregnant? Yeah, yes. which turned out she, she was. She announced her so. yes. pregnancy, I guess. Which yeah. like okay. Cool. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it's uh, fascinating. And she looked. Well, who knows? You, 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 how many months did she look? Could you tell? Oh, a woman would be able think to she'd tell. i was
3: doing about June if I had to guess.
1: Yeah, like did she agree to the Super Bowl halftime show before she was pregnant, or did that happen after? Uh, so we people, don't know. Some people were
3: Googling it, like uh, like looking at Twitter, and uh, I, I guess like someone was saying that she had apparently been. She was pretty vocal about wanting to have another pretty quickly because she's only she's got like a one year old at home or something, or not even a yeah, not even a one year old. I want to say, so she got pregnant again like ASAP, which.
1: Yeah, you do. You boo, but she looked pretty. Good. She looked pretty good for pregnant, and uh, I thought that she did a good show for pregnant. But that was it. Nothing. There was nothing sparkling. There was no surprise, a special. Right, guest. I kept
3: waiting for some like like, like, like it, surprise person to yeah. come out. I thought that's what it always happened. Kind of st- I guess it, I do not pay n- enough attention. It to wasn't Super Bowl, bad. It, it wasn't.
1: Standard? It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. And I always get entertained by the halftime tweets of older, middle-aged to older white men who are complaining that uh, it's not Metallica or somebody like that. Um, you know, who've never heard her or seen her. I will say this: here at the Gateway Lounge, uh, there were some people who didn't appear to be very excited before the show started, and then clearly they had never seen Rihanna before. And the, you know, and this I talked talking like ta- damn near a decade. Right? And I'm talking like. some middle-aged, you know, middle-aged men. And they were like, oh, they were t- and uh, they were enthralled the rest of the show. They <laughs> just
3: a good performer. <laughs> it, it, I was a yes. fan like back when she was you know making music or whatever. Yeah, but it's just been
1: a while. Okay. Um, so, uh, Matt, thoughts on the Super Bowl? Very generic question for you. I'll let you take it.
2: It was a great game, you know, and that's what I was hoping for. I wanted the Eagles to win, but I wasn't, like, heartbroken that they didn't. It was a great game. That's, I mean, I just wanted a great game. I wanted to be entertained. Yeah. And it was.
1: Should should we go right for the jugular of, uh, of the call that allowed the Chiefs to round out the last two minutes of the game and kick the field goal and rip the – I mean, that's the
2: obviously the big story, I guess, you know, I mean – just a couple weeks prior, I had commented on the call at the end of the Bengals-Chiefs game, the late hit out of bounds, and how, geez, don't throw the flag there. Yeah, he pushed him out of bounds late, but, you know, you're kind of helping to decide the game. And the exact same thing happened it here. Did. I'm not necessarily saying that it wasn't holding or passing. I guess the guy who committed the penalty came out and said, yeah, I held him, you know. So it's hard to be upset about that. Also, it, you know, I do not have a dog in the fight. If it was the Vikings, maybe I'd feel different. Um, it was just kind of like, uh, all right. I mean the people that continue to you know bang the it's fixed drum just amuse me more than anything. I mean why watch it then? Yeah. Why are you continuing to There are people who think the Super Bowl's fixed. The whole I- the entire NFL is fixed. Right. everything is Oh yeah, they were saying the thing every after Sunday, that just the
3: entire thing is play acting.
2: Yep, every Sunday rigged I mean, is a is a hashtag cosplay, right. and, and it's from people who who <laughs> who literally have nothing going on in their lives but watching the NFL night and day and following it constantly. I mean, it's, rigged,
3: it's rigged, too. it's rigged, it's rigged. I with some conspiracy theories. I could see myself But down I mean there. if you
2: think it's rigged why are you that into it? Is right. my point. Um you know, if you want to treat it like pro wrestling and think that it's scripted, you do you, bro. Well,
1: and if it was, in this case... if it It's w- not. If it, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, first of all. But if it was, then then how about that touchdown that was ripped away from the Chiefs, which was a bang-bang play, which was called, remember this earlier in the game, it was... The incomplete pass yeah, slash... It, from, it was, was an incomplete...
2: They got that call, right?
1: Okay, that's fine, but it was called, it was called originally a uh, catch and a fumble. It yeah. certainly looked like it. And in replay... Oh, I, in
2: real time, I was like, why did they even allow that? I had the exact opposite reaction. Okay, In real time, I was like, really? Yeah. They're letting that stand? That was so obviously an incomplete pass. In re- and then in the replay, I was like, oh, it was a little closer than I thought. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and you know, I for what it's worth, you, t- you can take... The guys who used to be refs, who are now these analysts with a grain, maybe a dump truck of salt, because most of the time they're going to support the calls of their fellow refs, and they're going to lean on the, uh, the side of the mighty uh, shield of the NFL. But I do take some of what they say into stock, and I heard both Mike Pereira on the TV broadcast, later on the radio drive home. Uh, I heard Gene Steratore, who's CBS's guy. He was the radio guy. And uh, for that particular play, the catch, uh, fumble, and touchdown that was taken back... Uh, you know, they both said it's a bang bang play, and that's that's the right call. It was correctly overturned. But my point is, if the NFL had it in for the Chiefs, oh, right. <laughs> you know, they would have right. they would have uh, kept it. Right? right. They right. would have kept it. Why would they give the Chiefs? It, by the way, at a point in a game. And I can't even remember if it was the second or third quarter, but the Chiefs were still behind. Uh, the Chiefs' w- defense was struggling to stop the Eagles. And, uh, I mean, it was a momentum-turning play for that game. Uh, it was a second Chiefs non-offensive touchdown, a second Chiefs defensive touchdown. In the
2: space of, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. and, you know,
1: and uh, so, real time. I mean, if the NFL
2: really wanted the Chiefs to win, they would have right. hopped on that right, right away. Right. Uh, now, and a- also, I didn't feel that bad for the Eagles. Um, I didn't think Dallas Goddard's catch should have stood uh, late in the game, it was a great catch by Dallas, but I don't know how they were able to, to determine that that first foot was down. He was still bobbling the ball on his head. That you know seemed odd to me. Uh, the Eagles' left tackle, I can Lane Johnson, I think is his name, uh, jumps off sides on every single play and doesn't get called for it. So, um, and you could do that with every game. Obviously, you talk about well this play, that play, and and that's why. Even when I'm watching the Vikings, even when I'm covering South Dakota State, when people get all up in arms about one call, like, This decided the game. That was the only bad call of the whole game. The only questionable call of the whole game. There's questionable calls all the way through the game on both sides. So that's why I never get fired up about, Well, that cost the game, or this is fixed, or this was some sort of intention. There was some agenda here. It's like, there was 60 minutes of this and we've been watching football the college level, the, you know, pro level for all these years. You can go back to how many, you know, the tuck rule game, Raiders and Patriots a thousand years ago. I mean, there's all these examples of calls that may or may not have been gotten right, questionable calls that had a huge impact on the game. Don't you just kind of understand by now whether you're a player, coach, or fan that this is there is a human element to officiating just like there is to, to playing, and yeah, I know we have replay, and we try to get things right. But you just go into a game knowing, hey, you you might get screwed by a bad call. So that's why you have to play well to overcome things like that. So that's why I just never buy into the narrative of whether you think it's an agenda or you think it's just that there's shitty officiating. That you know, because there's a there's that argument too. People saying, I'm not saying it's fixed. I'm just saying it's bad that the officiating in the NFL is bad and it needs to get better. That's a separate argument, and I'm not gonna argue with people saying that. But guess what? This is the best. You know, it is what it is. You you just know. There could be bad calls in every game. I don't let that, like, oh, I can't enjoy the NFL because they get too many calls wrong. Well, all right, fine. I won't miss you.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, the officiating in the NFL is bad, and that's partly because, as we all know, these are part-time guys. A lot of them have been there forever. they
2: It's also hard to do. You know? Yeah, it
1: is, yeah. And especially when you're talking about, you know, mostly, most of the guys on that field are 2 to 300, some 350-pound refrigerators colliding into each other in bang-bang motion. And, yes, it's, it might be try to put yourself in that situation. But was it even a bad call? Because the, as you mentioned, the Eagles dude uh, admitted, uh, Bradbury admitted he held the guy. He tugs his jersey. You can't do that. That does get called a lot when it mm-hmm, does happen. Mm-hmm, uh, and also, it, it, had it been going on the rest of the game and maybe had not been called a time or two, sure. But in that moment, it happened. It was definitely it was a penalty. It wasn't a bad call. It was a good call. The only argument against it is, oh, they've been doing that. They've done that all game, or they've mm-hmm, done it a few mm-hmm, times mm-hmm, all game, and now they. That's what Greg Olson on the broadcast was saying, and I like Greg Olson, but in this case, it's like. I'm going to listen to Pereira, I'm going to listen to Sterator, and they're going to say we should co- they should call that every time it happens and so sorry that it happened with two minutes left because from a compelling point of view if this weren't the chiefs if i were objective does it suck a little bit of the life out of the game sure i'd love to see okay now you force the chiefs to score and you give the eagles uh a minute or a minute and a half to work with that's more compelling to see what the eagles are going to do to respond Mm -hmm. um so did, did it suck some of the life out of it sure as a chiefs fan of course i love it the eagles didn't get the ball back but in general I go back to everything you just said. It's kind of, it happened. It was a hold. They did call it, you know, stop your whining. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously 38-35 lends itself to, it was a very evenly played game, but the Chiefs dominated that second half. They were the better team on the field, and that's when it's crunch time. That's when it matters the most. The Chiefs' defense did get a couple of stops. They were learning to stop Philly, and Philly's defense turns out to be a little bit overrated. They were a great defense. Look at who the quarterbacks are that they faced twice a year, six times total in the NFC East. Nobody near Patrick Mahomes' caliber, and what do you know? They didn't get a sack on Mahomes the whole second half, uh, and they, you know, they forced. They, they, yeah, they. They were proven to be against a Chiefs offensive line that had a baby as a center, a baby as a right guard. They were proven to be a pretty good defense that was able to muscle up against. Pretty bad competition and not very many good quarterbacks all season long, and the best one they faced, they could not stop the whole second half. And by the way, the Chiefs' offensive line not great, receiving core not not very good. Juju Smith-Schuster's your best receiver. You have the best tight end in the game, granted, but uh, and not a dynamic run game. And yet the Chiefs had zero problems. Oh, and, and a limping. Uh, Gimpy Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't
2: Gimpy. He looked pretty good to me.
1: Well, he did most of the game, for sure. Uh, But uh, So anyway, that adds up.
2: How do you feel about this? I'm more inclined to Patrick Mahomes is really good. Right. I mean, he's really, really good. I think he got so good so fast that we already take for granted how good he is. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he has a 50-touchdown pass season as, what, a second year in the league, I think. He's won a couple MVP awards, gets to a Super Bowl. He's been to three of them in four years, whatever it is. I mean, he just... Uh, we take him for granted. We see him do the same stuff week after week after week after week. The highlight throws, the you know off kilter stuff that most other people don't do. And you know he he's not a running quarterback in the sense that he doesn't you know compile a lot of rushing yards but he's obviously very mobile. He had the really long run, so he can be a running quarterback. But also just the way he dances around the pocket. I said to my brother, I was like, he looks like Fred Flintstone. Like the way he's on his tippy toes kind of this like (laughs) skittering around. Like it's like, get him, just get him. Like he's not even moving that fast, but they just can't get a hand on him. They can't tackle him. They can't bring him down. He looks like like he's dancing almost, like he's doing a tango or something in and around the pass rushers that are collapsing the pocket. And he moves forward, he moves back, he goes left, he goes right. I just think you have to give him all the credit. And I saw some people saying, like, Mahomes doesn't deserve the MVP because he only threw for 190 yards or whatever it was. Like, were you watching the game? fucking kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Were you watching the game? Like, <laughs> yeah. he was – I don't want to call him a one-man team. Obviously not. You mentioned Travis Kelsey is amazing, and the offensive line did play well. But Mahomes is, is so, so good. Everyone knows that, but he might actually be underrated. I think he's just – reached a point right now where he's that good. He reminds me a little bit, obviously different styles, but in Peyton Manning's uh, prime, you couldn't stop Peyton Manning. He played quarterback like he was golfing or bowling, you know, like he just was standing there like everything was moving in slow motion and he could do whatever he wanted with the football. Mahomes, again, in a totally different style because he's moving around whereas Manning was stationary, but same kind of thing, just is in complete control of everything that happens. Yeah, and as a Chiefs fan
1: who watches him every week, I take him for granted because it's just kind of like, right. like what magic haven't we seen. I mean, he adds a new wrinkle every now and then. Like, ooh, by now it's like he's made all the sidearm throws. He's made all the clowny. But those, those aren't moves. the
2: amazing. That's the fun right. stuff. That's yes. the window dressing. Yes. But that isn't what's winning the games. What's what makes him amazing. Yes. It's just the consistency, the control of the how he dictates everything out there and everyone is reacting to him. Yeah. That's what makes him so special. And you still have
1: to make the throws. And what I loved about from the point where he got hurt against Jacksonville on we can there, we, There's a gray area we could debate, and we don't really truly know how immobile he was because of that ankle. I'm sure some shots and some drugs and stuff like that helped. The two weeks, I never loved the two weeks between uh, games uh, for the Super Bowl to have to wait, but it sure helps some of the best players, all the players, mm-hmm. but certainly the best players who we're all wanting to see no matter what the Super Bowl <laughs> matchup is. Uh, it gives them all the time to rest and be well. Yep. And I think you get a better Mahomes in a better game with that two weeks rest. And I'm sure he got a lot of help, and the extra-long halftime helped as well. He had one completion in the second half. And, you know, you mentioned Peyton Manning, and, of course, what was the rub on Peyton Manning. Uh, often collapsed in big games of the postseason. And sometimes he was playing Brady, and sometimes right. he didn't have the best support. Uh, just some fun, some fun things about Mahomes. Uh, 58%. In his career, 58% winning percentage when his team is down by at least 10 in the second half. In the playoffs, it gets even better. He has now had four comeback wins when the Chiefs have been behind by 10 points at some point in the second half. Tom Brady is the only quarterback with more wins, down by 10 in the second half in NFL history. In the playoffs, that's six. He has two more than Mahomes. Brady took 48 games to do that. Mahomes has four and 14 games. Mm -hmm. And both quarterbacks are 2 and one when trailing by 10 in the second half in the Super Bowl. Every other quarterback in the history of the NFL, trailing by 10 in the Super Bowl, winless. So in that sense, we're already in the uh, rarefied Tom Brady clutch uh, playoff Super Bowl air, and I don't even think that's an argument. Uh, he needs... I mean, T- Brady has six Super Bowls, so we're not going to accomplishments yet. May not even get to the, the goat, the greatest yet, but I remember a few years ago, you've always you've always considered Rodgers b- a better quarterback than Brady, mm-hmm. The be- and we're talking pure quarterback talent. Where's Mahomes? Is he zeroing in on Aaron Rodgers for you? Has I he think eclipsed so. him?
2: I think so. Um, I mean, he's got to do it a little longer, I guess. I Absolutely. Mean, if, if he goes in the tank in the next couple of years, and there's no reason to think he will... Um, and that's always an argument, you know, like, no one comes to mind at the moment, but, well, maybe like Sterling Sharp. He was one of the best wide receivers I ever saw, but he got hurt early in his career. He only did it for a couple years. No one's ever going to throw him out there as the greatest wide receiver of all time. Uh, Terrell Davis had, what, a three-year prime, essentially, that got him into the Hall of Fame. Um, but no one's going to call him the greatest running back of all time, even though in his prime he might have been better than anyone else. Um That's always been my my admiration for Aaron Rodgers is just how high his peak has been. You know, how good he was when he was at the peak of his game. Like, I've just never seen someone be as consistently effective and productive and make every single throw and be able to run and do all the things. They're showing highlights of him right now here because obviously the the Jets are talking about trying to trade for him. But um, Rodgers is now on his decline. He's still a, a very good quarterback even though he is declining. Um, but I, I, I don't yet feel the need to take back. that's the best I ever saw. Um, but you know what Mahomes is doing right now, like I said, he, he's always been, he's been doing, doing things we haven't seen other quarterbacks do before. That's cool. doesn't necessarily make him the best. But now the consistent production, um, the, the three Super Bowls, two wins, how old is he? 28, 27, uh, 26,
1: 27. Yeah, yeah,
2: and he's already got two of them. I mean, he's, the, the, the window is open. For him to become probably the greatest quarterback of all time.
1: Yeah, and a couple of other things, layers that he's added. First of all, his five straight conference championship games as well. Brady won three Super Bowls in his first five years. In his first four years, actually playing, he basically didn't play his first year. Uh, but I, we all know that when it was early in Brady's career, he was making some big plays. He was Joe Cool. He reminded everybody of Joe Montana. But he, the, I mean, the Patriots were absurd. Absurdly good with their defense and their defensive head coach Bill Belichick. They were they were carrying more of the water than Brady was and the offense at that time. With Mahomes and the Chiefs, he's never had a good defense. He's had defenses that can make big pass rushes and turnovers and big plays, but it's ne- it's been a uh-huh. league average defense at best mm-hmm. these last four years. That was the case in the Super Bowl, of course, on on uh, on Sunday, and then he's never had a great running game either. And uh, he, but he did have the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. When Tyree Kill was traded, I thought, okay, we're gonna really see how good Patrick Mahomes is now, at least in these clutch situations, in these biggest games, because uh-huh. now you don't have your you don't have uh, your security blanket. You don't have the miracle man to dart down the field and just heave it up to, which did win Patrick Mahomes a few. Big games, including yeah. playoff games, and helped, certainly helped in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl win against the Niners. You don't have that anymore. And I actually thought the Chiefs aren't going to win the Super Bowl. That was my little prediction. They, I, they're going to be great. They might make it. But mm. when they need it the most, down to the second half, fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, you don't have Tyree Kill. That, that mm. that's, that's where he makes a difference. And he still was able to win a Super Bowl without that. And now the Chiefs are, from what I've heard, I don't keep track of this, one of the youngest teams in the league, young offensive line, uh, they're, they're living with life without Tyreek Hill. The homes is locked up. So you, hey, uh, you and I have both uh, tried to fight against any dynasty talk when a team wins a Super Bowl. I remember the Aaron Rodgers dynasty talk when he was young. Uh-huh. Uh, this is two in four years. They're young. He's proven he can do it without Tyreek Hill. And he might even get better. And he still has Andy Reid as his head coach and play caller. And Andy might be the best ever. So it does feel like there's some potential here. We're knocking on Dynasty's door. I don't think two in four years is a Dynasty. I think mm. three in five or six years. But isn't it
2: three appearances in four years? Or it three is. And five?
1: Yeah. So I don't know if you consider it now or, fi- or, thi- or figure there's a decent chance we're headed there.
2: Pretty damn close. Uh, and if you get back there next year, then I think, even if they lose, if they make it to the Super Bowl next year, four Super Bowl appearances in five years, Yeah. that feels like a Dynasty to me.
1: You, know, you look over there. They are gonna. They should be the favorites in the AFC you still have Burrow and the Bengals you still have Allen and the bills the chiefs have been have proven to be able to get past them this year um, and and those guys are really good and those teams are really good so mm-hmm. they could they could come back to the Super Bowl next year but it's, it's now it's now tough to bet against these guys mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean I, I don't know I don't know what else, else to say uh, Dallas Goddard uh, we should we should mention him a couple times because he, he had some big catches mm-hmm. that was nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do we think of Jalen Hurts now? What do we think of the Eagles and their future? Because from what I've heard, they're not so young. They're going to have a big cap hit, and yeah. Jalen might want to stay there because they're still, they're still one of the better teams to uh, to be a part of.
2: I, I, thought they're, I thought they were the best team in the NFL this year. They still may have been. Just because they lost this game doesn't necessarily mean they're not. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. They, they just lost both their coordinators, too. You know, they both got hired at other jobs, so. Um, I don't know where you're going because I'm trying to talk to you, but, uh, he just got up and walked away. Like, keep talking. Like, I don't really have anything to say about the (laughs) Eagles, so I'll just sit here and, um, Jen, what's going on? you like the it's Super Bowl? Sent in for perfect. Yeah.
3: I didn't pay any attention to it. Uh, yeah. None at all. Yeah. Oh, and now I lose my mic. I see how it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here you go, sir.
1: It's okay. Yeah. There's going to be plenty more Jen. We're saving <laughs> the best for last. Don't worry
2: about that. Jen
1: has a couple things on her mind as well. She's getting them ready. But uh,
2: John asked me a question I had no interest in talking about and then walked away. Yeah, so. I, I was trying. I thought that Matt's a
1: pro. He's been on the radio a zillion
2: times. He's been doing a one-hour podcast hey, for three Eagles years. Future, I don't hey, fucking know. <laughs> okay, it wasn't
1: the best question, but I figured thirty seconds you could you know you could handle it. I That's mean, okay. I
2: did. I, I filled the air by making fun. Of it, so. yeah.
1: You sure did. Yeah. So Jackson Rentsler, the manager of the Gateway Lounge, is here. Uh, I wasn't sure if you were gonna be here. If you were yeah. still gonna be. In Phoenix and celebrating and yeah. golfing and w- whatever else you were doing.
0: No, we flew back Monday Monday afternoon, early Monday afternoon. Okay,
1: so I, I don't know if you heard the podcast last week, but Matt and I talked about how the Super Bowl, not on our bucket list. Just it, it seems, uh, well, you, you, why why was it that the case for you, Matt, that it's not on your bucket list? It doesn't seem to it be. Does,
2: it's never looked to me like it would be fun.
1: It looks very corporate, yeah. and uh, we're not a big fan of
2: congested crowds, not right. just at the and game. I was going to say that is somewhat the case for any NFL game, like. There have been NFL games I've been at, like, wow, I'm spending $1,000 when I could have just yeah. watched it from
1: home. Well, the expense alone, uh, the traffic and people congestions everywhere you go. Uh, some people love stargazing and running into celebrities, but that, to me, just, that just makes everything more congested. Um, but but we've never, we don't knock until you try it, right? Yeah. So you did it. You're a big Chiefs fan. You get to, got to go to the Super Bowl in Phoenix. What's up? How was it?
0: it incredible. Uh, I mean, obviously it helps when your team wins. Uh, that you know, first and foremost. And but we weren't sitting like there's you know there is a lot of corporate, but when you're up higher, it's it's fans. Um, there's we were in the NFC side, so outside of about six of us, it was all Eagles fans, and they. When they say Philadelphia has the absolute worst fan base, yeah, they're super nice, right? The, they, they are the worst people in the entire world. <laughs> the worst people, in the, and, I, and I can say that knowing that we won. I'm not just saying it, being salty. You'd go to a bar and you had Chief stuff on. They just walk up, flick you off, uh, scream in your face the entire time. And not
1: like even like joking, jobially? not joking. Yeah, like, like with, I'd be like, with,
0: oh, I went to, I was at, I went to SDSU or Dallas got, her, you know, we don't care. F you. Like it was just. <laughs> It, yeah, 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 it's exactly, um, I mean, to, uh, like, we were with girls with chief stuff on, the guys would be screaming at them. I mean, they are ruthless, ruthless. Okay. Um, And uh, so it, it made it. Did any of them eat feces? Did it, it, no. No? Well, okay. They ate shit at the end of the game. <laughs> uh, they, uh, perfect, perfect. Yes. It was, uh, it was, yeah, that aspect, um. Made it a little sweeter because I mean we were we got stuff thrown at us at the end of the game. They were fighting each other in the stands, uh, <laughs> and then and then they were quiet, you know. And uh the confetti was coming down, it was I, I've never I've never in a sporting event been that excited. So
1: it was so it was plenty electric where you were sitting without a doubt. Yep. Okay, yep. yep. And yeah. I think
0: the crowd for the most part was into it because it was an incredible game. Of course, right. you know right. that helps. Um, I mean they'd show celebrities on the screen they'd either cheer or boo and people got into that and uh they, they had good they did a good job just keeping the crowd entertained because there's a lot of you know where you guys are watching commercials the players are just standing there you know and yeah. it, you kind of get to the point where you're like yeah but they did a good job keeping things moving but they have stuff on the video board yeah or video boards they honored people um, they'd show like local celebrities, you know, like Paul Rudd for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs fans would go crazy. And then they'd show like Kevin Hart, and they'd go crazy for a while. So they, they did a great job keeping fans interested.
1: Uh, what was it like like before, the few days before? What did you do? How'd you, uh, I know you were worried about finding a place. Yeah, or... we found
0: an Airbnb about 10 minutes from the stadium, which is great. Smart um, idea. We, what day did you get there? We got there on Friday. And okay. as soon as we landed, we actually got to go hang out with the Minnesota Vikings. They had a party there. Uh, So, we got to, I mean, with a head coach, former players, that was awesome. I mean, it truly was. Um, Just listening to them speak, I think they have a pretty bright future. Like, that coach. Knows what he's doing. Yeah, um, he, he had d- quite, he had quite the outfit on. Yeah, he did. Yes, he like did. Uh, purple
1: they, shirt, purple and black plaid pants. It, uh, it, I should show Jen so she could give a review. But anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, impressive
0: guy, huh? Very impressive guy. You uh, have to talk, talk talk to him a little. Yeah, for a while. And he, you nice. know, he wasn't just you know, hey, how are you, and walk away. They they all of them talked, um, which was neat. And you know, he for sure didn't hold back on the defensive side. He was letting be known that there'll there'll be some big changes coming on that. Well, side. I had to
1: piss him off quite a bit. I think so. Uh, yeah. But who what were the, who were the Vikings' greats you got to meet?
0: Uh, Kyle Rudolph was there. Um, Carl Ellers was there. Wow. Um, there was a few others. Not being a huge Vikings fan myself, you know, I I was snapping buddies that were like, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> that's wild. But it was an open bar, so we were having a good time on the side. <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but going out, you go out a bunch? Yeah,
0: we went out. So then uh, the next night we got to go to a couple concerts, uh, which was neat. And then uh, Saturday or Sunday, I had some people over at our place prior to it. Then we got early uh, into a tailgate thing through the Vikings, which was really neat. And... Uh, I mean, it, like stargazing everywhere. Everywhere you looked, it was you'd run into somebody. Okay, who? God, was- I mean, just across from us, you had like LeBron James was in the same, within 15 feet, but he's got about six huge security guards with him. Uh, Kevin Hart was there; he was just mingling with people. Um, Could you see him? Oh yeah, I mean, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, it he's was short. It, yeah, it was. It was neat. It was really neat. Cardi B was there. Uh, Jason Derulo. Um, did Cardi B have on clothes? Not very much. Okay. Yeah. You know, it True was. Form. Yeah. So then, like, they had a huge concert out front. They had the drinks. They, um, and then and then the game time, you walked up there and got harassed the entire way up, walking up. And the game started, got harassed. Had, like, 11 year old kid behind me. I didn't know he was 11. I thought he was, like, 16. Just F you, F Mahomes, <laughs> F this. And I turned around. I was like, you know, when he fumbled the ball, because they were all chanting MVP, MVP to Jalen Hurts the whole first half. And then when he fumbled that, I had some choice words And his dad's like, "Hey man, he's 11." I was like, "Well, my bad. I didn't know he was 11." I don't years know. Old. He's not acting like yeah, he's yeah, 11. right. What do you yeah, say? my yeah. 11-year-old wouldn't be able to say that stuff.
1: Well, congratulations on not getting in a fight. Yeah, didn't know fights,
0: you know. And it, That's the an
3: accomplishment when you are in a game. Of fans yeah. With yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I will I will always despise true Philly fans. Like I know Philly fans from here, you know that are very nice. You know, they're Midwestern nice. But those fans that are actually from Philadelphia, they are, yeah, that's the best way to Rabid describe it. Rabid monsters, is yeah. what Jen just yeah. said. Yeah. They're just, they're miserable.
1: Wow, well, that would seem to be one of your big takeaways. Yeah. Was one of the first things you mentioned. Yeah, I didn't like, even ask
0: it. Yeah, Jordan even said he, he's a 49ers fan. And he would try to explain to him like, guys, I'm not even a Chiefs fan, you know, but, but be nice. And then finally, well, he's gee. like. I mean, if you tell me you're a 49ers fan, yeah. they might get worse. Yeah, they, they did kind of. They, <laughs> they made fun of him. Yeah, but uh, it was just seeing Mahomes come back after that injury and seeing that offensive line playing well and Kelsey doing it. And it was just. And, Mahol, and Andy Reid finally learned how to run a play clock. No uh, kidding. Yeah, 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 that was uh, was exciting. So how long did you stay there, and then what did you do to celebrate afterwards? So we, we sat, I sat and watched the confetti yeah, fall. Why then they not? Because you couldn't do anything afterwards. It took two hours to get a lift out of there. Yeah. And that was after we waited probably an hour after the game. So that that aspect of it was miserable. But then while we waited, there's kind of like a little power and light type group of bars So then we just sat there at a bar and waited, and people were celebrating. That's how you do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, terrific, yeah. and then just
1: recovered on Monday or flew
0: back uh, on Monday. Flew back 7 a.m. Monday. Came oh here. Oh my God, Jesus, dude. Yes, Yeah, oh yeah It God. was rough. It was, rough. and we were an hour from the airport, so. Oh. Uh, so you were up at? Did you even go to bed? I well. Who hurt you? Why
2: did you do that? Right, right, <laughs> right.
0: I, I, it was worth it. And then we came here. Uh, met some Chiefs fans down here. They wanted to see, look at pictures and stuff like that. And uh, had a few here. Then went to casino for my sister-in-law's birthday, and then ended up my at God. my son's basketball game last night. And. Yeah, I'm okay. ready for. I'm ready for a couple. Sounds days like rest. it. Did
1: you? Did you? You were any, Did you just come here just to just to do this? Just to talk. I, to we us? were right. We
0: were right across. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Good. Yep. Well, thank you for doing this. I got to say, I, so I was here. Uh, it wasn't the same without you and Jordan. Yep. but But uh, it was. Uh, it was packed. It was fun. I got the last seat that was available at the bar at like 3.30 uh, or so. You told me 3.30, and what yeah. do you know? And, 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 and as Matt would probably predict, I got here at about 3.38, and I guess I got lucky. But well, uh, I'm glad you got
0: sure you. And I I was watching your guys' videos. You know, that was neat. Uh, Amanda that works here Facetime me. Um, I think I bought a round of shots for everyone after You game. did? Yeah. yeah I yes. was so excited. Yeah. It was I'm good. just
1: I'm just sitting there and just did watching yeah. the post-game coverage, yep. and uh, Kyle, who was the bartender, uh, just, uh, just Gave me a, he put two shots down in front of me, and I'm like, what I, I think these are for me? And then, yeah. yeah, and they said these are from Jackson. So thank you. No, no, yeah. Was it was, great. yeah,
0: it was a fun year. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, So it was, uh, yeah. it was, it was fun to be here, yeah. and uh, you guys yeah. do an awesome job. Yeah. So thank you, and yeah. uh, thanks for telling us about your yeah. Super Bowl story. We
0: appreciate you guys.
2: Thank All you. All right,
1: there he is, Jackson Rentschler, manager sense. of the Gateway <laughs> Lounge. Does this make you uh, more enticed to go to a Super Bowl?
2: Um, I mean, it doesn't make me like, oh no, I want to go. Maybe it if the Vikings me, made it. Well, it just means more like if, if for whatever reason, Chad <laughs> oppor- just said that's not gonna happen. <laughs> if the uh, very funny, if the opportunity ever presents itself, maybe I'll be a little more open to it than I would have been. But yeah. I'm not gonna start suddenly. Oh, I gotta go. Like, right? That's not something I need to do before I die. Yeah. Where do you suppose you'll watch if the Vikings ever reach the Super Bowl? I've thought about that a lot because a couple times I started like, I guess I gotta make plans. What am I gonna do? I don't know, because I'll have you know friends that will want to get together and watch it, but then also family. I mean, the Vikings are a family thing for me. You know, I was raised into a Vikings family. Um, so, I don't know. Cross that bridge and we get to it. Right.
1: I, uh, I, I I wasn't nice enough to him there. It was, they are a partner with us here at the Gateway Lounge. We try to not sound too commercial on this show, but uh, for a crowded sports bar, a there was, I never really felt, uh, you're going to expect, especially for the Super Bowl, especially if the Chiefs are here, there's going to be a loud obnoxious fan or two that's going to overpower things from time to time we had a guy get on the top of the bar i think after the first or second touchdown but it was just funny (laughs) nobody was like shut the f up um and uh, he was saying that's another chiefs first down and every first down whatever uh but it was a chiefs bar so most people enjoyed it uh but for as packed as it was for as crazy as it was um the service was fantastic uh for everybody involved the food as you'd expect was top notch and it was. Uh, I mean, the Super Bowl is everybody's big game, right? And uh, the Gateway Lambs did what a sports bar should do for a Super Bowl. They did everything right. All right. Uh, is it uh, state versus the U? I want to get to that. Uh, you covered that game. It was better than we thought. It's worth talking about. But uh, does, does Miss Purple Shoe is she ready over there? How you doing? Hey. Here. It's Jen, Matt's wife. By the way, Valentine's Day is this it? Is this your Valentine's date? <laughs> <We're> I bo-
3: <laughs> guess. I, I kind of forget that it's Valentine's. I just noticed that I was like at saving a file, and you have to put the dates at the end of the, like, the work I do. do oh yes, it. Ti- do you need more time? Do you need more
2: time? Do you want us to babble no. a little bit more? No, okay. I'm good. Uh, we have both been so busy. I think we kind
1: of, yeah. Yeah, we are not. Gilbert nor I are big Valentine's people. Ourselves. Isn't it amazing
3: too how January was 674 days long, and it's already the middle of the way yeah. through February. It's,
1: it's kind of nice. It's wondrous. It's kind of nice. Um, so what's what's on your mind? You're, you're going through an interesting parental. Well, school I'm glad thing. you asked, John, because here's okay. the thing. All right.
3: Last Tuesday, I found out that my child, if this the school, new school board thing. Disclaimer, up top, get bored everybody. Let's, uh, yeah, I'm reeling let's, against the school board, I'm let, doing that thing now. Let's I'm, set it up with what is the school board I'm, thing you I'm speak of. I'm picking up my pitchfork. Um, so the school board is changing the boundary zones, whatever lines, um, of a very, very teeny tiny little spot that affects my, my son. Um, And it affects them in a very specific way because they're building a new elementary and so this is part of a contingency band-aid plan, right? That they're just basically doing so they don't have to redraw every single boundary line in anticipation of this new elementary coming, right? Which makes enough sense, right? So they're like, hey, we're going to, they pitched it to us as a, this is a a band-aid that will essentially affect the smallest geographic area possible in service of, you know, waiting for two years when we have to do this full redraw. Which I, I get conceptually, I don't hate it, but here's the deal because of the way that this was carried out, because of some other circumstances surrounding all of this, what it means for my child is minimum three different schools in the next three years. He's a kindergartner. He will go to three different schools in three years, and he has not changed addresses. The... that. What? And further to that, like, we just... I'm getting engagement from the school board now and they've been really receptive to, to hearing our concerns as, a, as parents, um, but it was really frustrating. Like, I, I had, There was no pre-notice, there was no ability to comment on it, there was no opportunity to, I don't know, just have a heads up rather than getting a letter in the mail that frankly was worded in such a way that didn't make it clear what was actually happening. Um, so yeah, I've been basically railing against that and doing some organizing mom crap for the last week every minute of the day. and. I don't think this is for me, so I'm hoping this works out. Then I can retire from my school board crusading (laughs) post because I don't, this is not my jam.
1: I think most people who are listening to the podcast are at at this point probably parental age or have been parents or young parental age going through the same thing you are. And, um, you know, we get more engaged civically in in the real world when stuff starts to affect us, right? Um, All of a sudden we start to care what's on the local news because uh, it might affect us.
3: well, it has been the really illuminating thing about this is just like I'm, I'm not oblivious. I'm well aware school boards have power, but I, I, I this was not on my mom radar to be a thing that you look out for. You know what I mean? Like, oh, your school can just get like picked up and dropped into you know four different district you know allocations over and over again. Like, well, I, I didn't appreciate that that was the thing that could literally happen, and it, it is. It sounds preposterous. I realize it sounds sounds like I'm over exaggerating. Like I'm like I'm oversimplifying. I'm not. Arthur would go to three different schools in the next three years.
1: I don't think anyone would want that for their kids. and
3: that's bananas. Like that's just stupid. I feel like there's got to be better solution and so fortunately the being heard or you know the concerns are I think being taken seriously that like hi this could be really developmentally shitty for these kids not to not to mention all the logistical challenges that it's gonna create for so many parents because of busing you know we have it easy like you know we work from home and we can you know take Arthur to school and pick him up but like oh my god the people who actually have to rely on like busing services and after-school programs I'm like are you kidding me like Holy shit, I don't even know what I'd be doing right now if I was one of those people who like had like a daycare complication and like two kids and my head would be exploding and <laughs> like so yeah.
1: So you were really pissed off and was- you reached out to the uh, well, okay, i if, if I'm I was, mischaracterizing that. I uh,
3: mean I don't know if it was mischaracterized, like I was, I was kind of outraged at first yeah. for sure. It's been a journey. It's been a journey, but I've gotten to a place where it took me a minute, I had to get myself around the block. But yeah. came to see like, you know what, this measure is gonna pass. There's no chance there's no sense in railing against you know, petitioning their you know, please don't do this. That's gonna happen. So how do we work within the confines of what they've given us? And so what we're asking them to do is um just to be basically create an option, a provision that allows kids who want to stay at Renberg to be able to. Um because again, they're gonna have to move again in a couple years because of this new elementary that's being built right in our backyard and so um, that's what we've asked for it's it's being heard it's being received with I think you know a, a good faith like effort to kind of work within those confines but I mean I I don't envy their struggle I get it like Arthur is overcrowded buildings don't get bigger I understand that but also Fourth graders shouldn't have been to four or five different schools by fourth grade when they didn't move a single time. Like, I very strategically and carefully made some choices in my life so that my son would have stability in his elementary years. And um, you guys are taking that away from me, excuse me. (laughs) Like, so.
1: (laughs) Have you, but you have found that if you do reach out to those who are making these decisions, that you do get
3: response. So, I, um, I took a, a very specific and strategic tack. I um, you know, There's a group of concerned parents who got together and we met, and I, um, I'm i bossy, obviously. Like, I was the group leader in college, no. right? You can tell, right? No. Like, I was very much, I'll do it. I'll Just give, give the project to me. Yeah. So uh, fortunately found a couple other like-minded parents who were vi- very similarly minded in that, you know what, we're not going to get anywhere if we go just bitching to them. Like, that's not going to accomplish anything. So let's, like, come to, put you know, put a plan together, excuse me. And um, we did a little, some little, like, kind of maybe, I don't know. Atypical things that the school board doesn't usually see. There was a there was a piece of promotional material pre- prepared that was a, I think it caught their eye, so I got a reply from the superintendent right away. She very politely when I saw her at the meeting last night. She said, "You worked in corporate communications, didn't you? You you do that don't? that caught my eye." I was like, "Well, thank you." <laughs> so so yeah, but I'm really grateful it got traction and they're they're listening at least. Because
1: so yeah. if you're so if so that's our advice. If if you are a parent that wants to uh, make your voice be heard to. Uh, school superintendents, make sure you worked in corporate communications first and maybe 11 an Effective I'm,
3: Way. I haven't ruled out maybe offering kidding. a very specific kind of consultation <laughs> slash copywriting service after this because the thousands, I mean thousands of words, it, would it be thousands of words I've written in service yeah. to like, communicating with school board members and just like there's very specific ways you have to do it you can't just send a mass email you know what i mean there's privacy laws around like that dictate them being able to even hit reply all let alone read your email like it's a whole different world like i, to I had to like well ingri- well just i didn't ingratiate myself and in, like what how do you show up at their meetings what do you do what's the decorum what's the like i i thought i at least had a few years before i'd have to learn this shit like arthur's a kindergartner okay like <laughs> i was not prepared <laughs>
1: but but at least you did prepare and so that's I think that's some good advice to pass along to the young parents here who might encounter these situations where they don't like what's going on yeah, I with their school uh, school uh, district Would, and their yeah, school board. Yeah, I get
3: it. They're going to make decisions we don't all like and that was my biggest concern was just like getting not getting tuned out from the jump like okay, so how do you how do you show up and not be like great this bitch. We don't want to listen to her. <laughs> so, I kind of tried to think outside the box, and thankfully it's working so far, and we're, we're getting heard. But but yeah, your kid can go to four different schools inside of four years if you're not careful about paying attention to the letters that come home in the mail. So uh, buyer beware. Like School boards are powerful.
1: Well, good luck, and thanks. thanks for sharing that with us. The deal is, even if he has to, I think Arthur seems like the type the uh, that can adjust.
3: Oh, he absolutely he could, but he shouldn't have to. All
1: right, no, I, I totally <laughs> agree with that. But,
2: um, that was, yeah, I went to three schools in Sioux Falls over the course of you know, 13 years. Same here in Omaha. Six years in kindergarten, three years in one middle school, four years at one And I did have to switch to a spent six lot. years in kindergarten? Uh, elementary <laughs> explained <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Jen got a
3: good
1: one
2: off. <laughs> okay. yeah. Everything's explained now. Was that book Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten, right? It, Remember that? Well. Yeah.
3: I was the speaker at my high school graduation because, I mean, I was obviously, like, one of the top graduates. And yeah, I, my speech part. was uh, kind of like that. I wasn't actually a salutatorian. Uh, you know who is? got you? The second one. You're a writer. How do you know what the – his name is John Bergen. I it's a it's a whole thing. It's like less story. than a No, he asked who got me. It was like less than a tenth of a we, we both had over 4.0s. It was one of those situations. Uh-huh. He had like one more AP class than me, so. Oh, that I've bastard. obviously forgotten about it. That bastard. I know that that <laughs> went a Great long way
1: in life for you. And that, that 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 enabled you to sneak into USD, that grade point average, right? <laughs>
3: Where I then went into, went on to get another GPA that does not matter anymore either.
1: Oh, you are correct. Yes, that that it does not.
3: Yeah. But, you know, was actually detrimental to do as well as I did.
1: <laughs> You're doing okay. You're doing okay right now. All right. I don't know. Speaking of USD, I don't know what the segue is now. I don't know. Well, they,
3: um, they've been losing some basketball, huh?
2: Yeah. It's it's funny. I got a couple uh, messages on on Twitter uh, after the women's game. You know, because they got their ass kicked again. They had that horrible loss at Frost. And I think we all knew the Jacks were going to beat him again in Vermilion, even though USD had won seven in a row in Vermilion. Everyone knew this year that streak was going to come to an end. But it was ugly again. It was, what, 35-9 to nine at halftime? I was
1: actually listening to the end of the first half while I was driving here to the Gateway Lounge with Carter, and I was like, oh. And as usual, Carter's
2: on top of it, sounds excited. And, oh, it's 35-9. Okay. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, but so we talked to Kayla Carius this morning at her weekly press conference, and you know, we, what, mostly what we talked about, and I'm going to write about this later today, is just sort of the balancing act she's trying to do right now as far as um, yeah, this is not acceptable for USD women's basketball. They had got to a point where they're supposed to be a contender every single year, and it's not necessarily a bad thing that SDSU is better than them this year. That happens now and then, but uh, they're struggling more than I think people expected. They've, they're on a four-game losing streak. They're in fourth place in the Summit, I think. But let's also be realistic, you know. Don Blitza White leaves. Three of the greatest players they've ever had graduate. I think they had some transfers too. Then they've had a bunch of injuries. I mean, just it's it's hard to look at the USD women right now and go, "Oh, there's a problem." You know, it's falling apart. Or Kayla Karius wasn't the right hire. Or oh my God, this is getting away from him. Like it's just a tough year, and it was going to be a tough year anyway. You throw all the other stuff on top of it. It's just, you know, I almost say it's it's one of those years you just punt. It's a mulligan, you know. And the Jacks are loaded this year. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament. The question for them. And AJ talked about this at his thing this morning. Is how high of a seed can you get, assuming you win the thing? Um, and then also, if somehow they lose in the Summit League tournament, which you're just an injury away from becoming vulnerable enough for that to happen, mm. have they done enough, you know, to build a resume where they could get an at-large bid? Uh, so they've got four games left, you know, to try and build that resume to where, you know. A, maybe they do have an at-large resume if they need it, and B, maybe you can get a a single-digit seed rather than being a 10 or an 11 or something like that. So that's where things are standing on the women's side. On the men's side, you know, Oral Roberts is doing exactly what the Jacks did last year. They're running away with it, and they have a really high net ranking. They have the best team in the league by far. Big question is going to be, can they run the table like the Jacks did last year? I think the only real chance anyone has of beating them is the season finale. They come to Frost Arena. That's going to be really tough for the Jacks because ORU is really, really good. But SDSU doesn't lose at home very often.
1: And if they play SDSU in the Summit League tournament. Yeah,
2: yeah. Frost South. They're going to be huge favorites, no question about it. But as we've talked about it before, anything can happen at, at at the at the Summit League tournament when it's in Sioux Falls and the Jacks, we've talked about this before too. Um, they don't always handle it so well when they're the favorite in Sioux Falls. It sometimes seems like that maybe gets to them a little bit. But if you make them the underdog and all of a sudden you know there's no pressure on them and they're playing this behemoth from Oral Roberts, maybe that works in their favor. Yeah, because the momentum builds and the place gets jumping
1: and, yep. and uh, here we the go again. On the Eagles and and then yeah. The, yeah, and then the guys from Oral you're like, this is bullshit. It's conference tournament and where it shouldn't be a road game for you know. The, Yeah, we've heard it. You know, they think that uh, you know, you know, they're thinking that in the moment. Um, So I want to go back to a couple things about the USD women. uh, So there are yote fans that are all they're already kind of bothered. I I got a
2: DM from a yote fan who was like. Basically implying that Kayla Carius should be on the hot seat already. Wow. Oh, I was, calm down. Yeah, I know. Oh my I was like Jeez, give her a second. She barely got
3: through like new employee orientation. Yeah. Good lord. Right. Yeah. And
2: And with all the players that left. I was gonna and say, and also
3: she wasn't exactly handed like a stacked team to work with. Yeah. Like, yeah. give her a second. Yeah. And
2: yeah. they've had a bunch of injuries, and it just yeah. Oh really?
1: Yeah. Don yeah. knew what she was doing. She knew what I mean. It was that was a good time. I mean, that was the best job offer she 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 yeah. had. Right. But it was also the right time. But it
2: was to also yeah. the right time to leave. If Don was still there, that you know maybe USD would have a few more wins because Don is an established coach. Kayla's a rookie. Yeah. But, but SDSU would still be running away with the Summit League this and, year.
3: I didn't say it wouldn't be that much different, would it? Right. And for
1: what it's worth, and I don't know if it's worth a lot, but uh, I, I, I caught some of Kayla on our weekly coaches show, the USD coaches show, is always, Mondays at 6 on Fox Sports 981 Radio. And so they talked to the ba- basketball coaches and well, she sounded uh, she sounded delightful and not you know, like, oh, she should sound more uh, pissed or, or down right. because her team's not good and they just got drilled by the rival. She just sounded like she's got this, you know, like she's, uh sounds like an awesome person who'd be a fun, fun lady
3: agree. to coach for. I actually have accidentally overheard like dropped on some of your press mm-hmm. conference singers or whatever, like when I've been in my office and she just sounds very.
2: She was very candid this morning. Yeah. The first question I asked her was, how's morale? You know, you just got your ass kicked by SDSU again. You know, you thought this was going to be a better result than the first time. They beat your butt again. You've lost four games in a row. You're not used. This program isn't used to that. How's morale? How's the confidence? And she could have just said, great, awesome, you know. But she gave a very candid answer. She's like, I spent all day Sunday. Like, I can't wait to get back to practice to find that out. What are they going to be like? She was kind of like, I don't know, you know. That's they, what they,
3: I heard today. I heard you ask that question. I was yeah. like, oh shit, that's awkward. Yeah, but it was <laughs> like, a good was, answer. No, but she you know? gave an answer. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, a, a less, yeah, a less yeah, she like, open just and fine. honest coach yeah. made yeah, that great. question feel awkward because it would have just thunked on the floor. But no, she yeah. did
2: it. And but then she said, and when we got back to practice on Monday, like right away, before I even had to say anything, I could tell like they're okay, they're good, mm-hmm. they understand the situation. Yeah, you know, nobody's happy they have lost four games in a row and that SDSU embarrassed them twice, but. Everyone understands the circumstances. I think they're going to be okay.
1: Yeah, and then for the Jacks in that possible at-large bid, having not known their resume nearly as well as you do. I wonder, the past couple years, the Jacks or the Yotes, whoever's uh, not the winner of the Summit League tournament, has been able to get into the NCAA tournament, and it's mainly because of each other. I mean, they play strong, non-coverage resumes, and it helps to knock off a top 25 team or a power 5 team or two, but also it helps that they play each other. They're two really strong mid-major teams, and if you get one win against them or...
2: Yeah, and they have no good conference wins. That's what I'm Jackson. saying.
1: Do you think the fact that USD specifically isn't very good this year because they're we'll usually hurt yes. will hurt SDSU's chances of yeah. getting an at-large bid? Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, someone asked AJ today if they thought he had an at-large resume, and he said, yeah, but it wasn't very convincing, and also it's not up to him. Yeah. Um, we'll see. They have a couple bad losses. They went out west and lost to Montana State and I think Washington State. Uh, but they also have a couple. They beat Louisville, who was ranked 10th at the time. Now, Louisville has since fallen off. That win doesn't look as good. Uh, they also beat Kansas State, who was ranked at the time. I mean, they have another good resume. Will it be enough to get in at large? I don't think it's going to matter. I think they're going to win the right. Super tournament so easily um, that, they're, that that's not going to come into play. The question will be, you know, 10 seed, 11 seed, 9 seed, 8 seed. I mean, last year USD was a 10. And they probably, well, clearly they go to the freaking Sweet 16 and almost the Elite 8. They should have been higher than that, obviously. Mm. Uh, SDC was a 6 the year they made the Sweet 16. Are they going to be a 6 again this year? No. Yeah. Uh, But hopefully they could get in the 8-9 range. But then, of course, if you are an 8-9, then you play a number one seed after you win your first game, and that's not ideal either. Would Oral Roberts have any chance at an at-large bid? Possibly. I mean, they have a higher net than the Jacks did last year. But also, as good as the Jacks were last year, 30-4 or whatever, um, it became pretty clear towards the end as we got closer, like, they're not even in the discussion. Yeah. So I think it would still be an uphill battle for Oral Roberts, but you never know. And then the men's game, uh, certainly, I think, closer than many would have
1: expected it to be, considering how much of a blowout it was in Vermilion, mm-hmm. the way USD had been trending coming off the loss to lousy North Dakota at yep. home. Um, yep. What did you see out of the, I mean, certainly out of the Jacks, but more so out of the Coyotes?
2: They played really well. Um, but they've also been underachieving this year too. I think they've been a, they're a better team than their record has been, but obviously they've also defi- dealt with a lot of adversity too. I think the biggest part being <laughs> their coach almost died you know a few months ago. I shouldn't say that's kind of crass, but but yeah, I mean he was out for a, a long time with a, a serious injury and um, that threw a wrench into things and uh, also it's pretty obvious and, and Eric talked about that today that AJ Plitzwhite is still in the process of coming back from that injury. He might not ever you know, fully come back to be the player he was. Um, It seems like, and Eric spoke to this this morning, um, that if you give, if if A.J. gets a week in between games, he's A.J. Plitzwhite. When he has to play three, four games in a, you know, 10-day span, that's when it's really tough on him because that was a major injury he dealt with. Uh, I'm kind of rambling away from your question. A.J. played great against SDSU, and I think that's part of the reason it was such a good game. Also, Mason Archambault did a great job on Zeke Mayo Um, But ultimately, Zeke Zeke Mayo stepped up and (coughs) did Zeke Mayo things, as we like to say. Mm -hmm. And that's why they won the game. Uh, You know, Petey tried to make it about, well, you know, we did everything right. We outshot him. We out this, that. It was all about offensive rebounds. Jacks had the offensive rebound. And that was a huge factor in the game, no question. But the biggest factor was, in the final minute, when the Jacks were down and needed to step up and make a couple big shots, Zeke Mayo made two of them, yeah. and that's how they won
1: the game. He had the best player on the court. There you go. Yep. And it might be another testament, just like you said after the win over North Dakota State last week, that we shouldn't say the Jacks aren't that good. They're just not that good. They're not that great. These are not any of Dom's teams. These are mm-hmm. not any of uh, of Baylor Shireman's teams. It's,
2: they're good. But, but they're, they're trending they're, in the right yeah. direction. Yeah. But they, but, they,
3: but they, Gossip on Baylor Shireman? He's that? playing well at Creighton. Is he? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I don't think he's playing at an NBA level yet, but he's also got another year of eligibility after <laughs> this. Uh, he's, th- he's done a great job there, and Creighton's going to have a chance to, to do some things. I
1: mean, this might be a conversation for later down the road because I know you got to go, but I, Matthew Moore's so dominant in high school and now in the Summit League. You've watched a lot more of him mm-hmm. than I have, but he was barely a factor in that North Dakota State game, and it's just interesting. It's just interesting how you never know how those dominant high school players at what love they – he certainly deserved the attention from schools like Wisconsin, Nebraska, Creighton, et cetera. Uh-huh. But it, and he, I know he's just a freshman, a redshirt freshman, but, you know, I, I wonder. I, and and uh-huh. he's not the prim, primary guy. I, right. I, obviously, Zeke Mayo is and maybe a couple guys in front of him. But it's still – are you surprised he's not making as big of a splash as um, it could be? A,
2: a little – not at this point because we were kind of – it, it kind of became apparent – before the season even started, just from what they saw over the summer and through preseason, that's like, hey, this guy's still pretty raw. You know, yeah, he was this big-time recruit coming out of high school. He redshirted at Wisconsin. um, But he hadn't – that year of redshirting meant he hadn't played college basketball for a whole year. Um, To be honest, he didn't look like – to to me, I could – you know, I don't know. To me, it didn't like he was in as great a shape as he could have been at the start of the season. It looks like he's improved that a little bit. Um, also, it's just learning his role on that team. You know, He's a little bit of a a tough uh, – not a tough matchup, but like he kind of seems to have the skills of a four in the body of a three. There's a little bit of that going on. Um, I think he needs to get better with his outside shot because um, he's not necessarily the, got the physicality that he can just push guys around down inside. Um but he's shown some promise. He's had some really good okay. games. I, I don't think by any means he's a bust or anything like that. But anyone who thought he was – because there was a lot of sense that, like, okay, Baylor Shireman leaves, but Matthew Morris comes in, you know, one for one. Yeah, it's a fair trade. from
1: Wisconsin. Yeah,
2: yeah. And in hindsight, that was probably unrealistic. And now, yeah, we've had to probably lower our, our expectations or whatever for Matthew Morris. But he can still be a really good player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would probably make the comparison to Cody Larson. Coming out of Roosevelt, went first to Florida, then to Iowa, or maybe it was the other way around. Um, didn't make much of an impact there. He came back to South Dakota State. He didn't, you know, blow up the Summit League. He wasn't the this dominant player, but he was an all-conference – he actually was the defensive player of the year, I think, his senior year. He was like a 13 points and 8 rebounds per game kind of guy who got the Jacks to the tournament and was a really, really good mid-major player. I think that's what Matthew Morse can be too.
1: Very cool. Hey, speaking of dominant high school talent, I know you got Lincoln and Jefferson on Friday – we might just, we might just talk high school basketball on this podcast next week. <laughs> we, we might be just, there. you know, it's not like there's like a 7-1 kid from Lincoln who's already committed to well, Iowa that be State. Well,
2: One versus two. Undefeated team against a one-loss team, and the one loss was against the undefeated team. You got it.
3: What's that? That's the real question. Will the basketball hoops survive the game?
2: <laughs> that, that is forever a question
1: now, and JT Rock is involved in a game. That's uh, worth talking about. All right, that's it. Thanks, Jen. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, John. You bet. And oh, by the way, I will be there, Lincoln and Jefferson at Lincoln on Friday night as well. That game will be on MetroSports.TV if you are a high school basketball junkie, or even if you're not. This is one game to watch. We're not guaranteed it in the state tournament. should get it, but Lincoln and Jefferson will be amazing on Friday. Uh, Tune in to watch JT Rock 7-1 Iowa State commits. Uh, What will he do next? metrosports.tv. We'll have that game if you want to watch it. It's going to be on the radio on Fox Sports 98.1. And while I'm doing a little plugging, check out pulltabsports.com. We are proud to be a part of the Pulltab Sports network of podcasts and content. I've already written a column on John Stegelmeyer for him. And our podcast is now carried by Pulltab Sports, which is an upper Midwestern version of Barstool Sports. Awesome stuff on a lot of hockey if you're a hockey fan, but certainly Minnesota stuff like the Vikings and the Twins and the Minnesota Wild and even the Timberwolves. Uh, but we are now the South Dakota extension. We are getting things rolling in South Dakota for PoleTap Sports. They, they found us to be the perfect guys because they're right and uh, so check out PoleTapSports.com as well.
2: Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck <laughs> <old man. laughs> you! Know, drink? Uh, yes. <laughs>